0: this is the apex f1 podcast hello everybody welcome my name is ryan and i'm here with my stunning co-host josh how are you today josh
1: I'm doing good, Ryan. How's it going, guys? I'm glad to be here. Just excited to get this thing off the ground.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I I definitely am more excited to get this off the ground uh now that you're definitely more involved with this project.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: I'm glad to have you on here. <laughs> I
1: appreciate that.
0: So, we're going to we're going to talk about a few things today. We're going to talk about Drive to Survive, you know, we just finished our season Uh, Season five was definitely got some ups and downs. um, Drama. Lots of big drama, (laughs) definitely. Then we're going to kind of go into some other things about McLaren and talk about, you know, what's going on with Piastri and Norris and um, then kind of work our way into Aston Martin and Mercedes and Red Bull. And then uh, finally, we're going to we're going to go through and talk our predictions. All right. Drive to Survive season five. You know, if it, whether you're new to the sport or whether you're sort of like a, an avid fan, I know that I always enjoy watching Drive to Survive, but it definitely has those moments. I feel like in every season where it just feels like it's sort of, I guess, a little bit over dramatized. I would say, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I would, I would say so. Um, If I may add in, I'm ver- fairly new to the sport. Uh Just watching that fifth season, it's it's incredible. Like you can jump in at any season and if you enjoy racing or any type of competitive sport, like you're going to love it. I was automatically just drawn to it and binge watched the whole season. It's very, very good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know, um, I just finished it a couple of days ago and, and I was, cause everybody's been sick in my household. So I know that there is definitely one of those things that you just, once you start watching it, it's, it feels like you're like immersed in the action. But, uh, season five, I, I definitely felt like there was some lull moments, um, in there where, I mean, it had all the drama it had all the hype, but it, it felt like it was, it kept going back and forth and I, I wasn't really quite sure how to follow it, especially when they were talking about Ferrari and, you know, their, their troubles with Charles and, and, um, with Mattia and and talking about that uh the stuff with Gunther from Haas uh, that was yes. that was one of those episodes that I was like why why is this needed I I personally didn't understand why they were trying to
1: I haven't watched the previous seasons from it though but from what I could watch from it it was that they were kind of formatting it into a story based thing from each team starting from the beginning of the season cuz about episode 4 they like jumped back to this race that Had this big wreck, and I was like, "I already watched this." What I was so confused for a second, then I was like, "Oh, this is what happened with this specific team during this specific time." And I was, it actually drew me in even more because it was, it was covering everything. It had so much detail. The back behind the scenes.
0: I definitely noticed that when, because it, it, it definitely did feel like they were going team by team. You know, they focused on on uh, Haas in the very first episode, and then they worked in their way into Ferrari and uh, Mercedes and Red Bull. And then they kind of started getting into Alpine and, and, you know, the whole Oscar Piastri drama and and stuff like that. So that was just one of those things that I was kind of like, oh. And then they they went back into McLaren and they basically talked a little bit more about um, the various things with their troubles with trying to re-sign Daniel or what they were going to do, you know, with the whole Daniel Ricciardo contract. So that was that was a fairly interesting tidbit I I didn't know about, which was which was kind of interesting. But I I also was glad to know that Fernando Alonso was just an absolute savage. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Okay, so what I loved about it is that you got to get to know the personalities of each driver and like what they were expecting or what they wanted from a team basically and just how they lived their day-to-day lives especially with principles and all that. My five points that I've taken out of that is that Daniel Ricardo has a gigantic nose. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton always has to have a fashion statement.
0: Yes. That is George Russell
1: wears way too much makeup. Really? Everyone has an ego and definitely over-dramatized certain aspects of the season. Yes. That's that's what I took from it. I mean, yes, there's definitely more as a fan. I loved the behind the scenes, but it was just the things that popped out. Yeah.
0: And you know, that was <laughs> Daniel Daniel does have a big nose but I think he, he, it's so huge it's funny because when it, it's um you know when he's talking it's like I I don't really particularly notice it but when he turns his face then I do notice it but I mean it's yeah. it's still but I didn't know I didn't know that George wears a lot of makeup maybe it's just when he's talking
1: I, I think it is I don't think he actually does but just like what they did to his face during their segments they're talking to him yeah really looks like a lot of eyeliner
0: <laughs> eyeliner or you know like uh um, whatever
1: maybe he's just a pretty boy i don't know
0: he definitely he definitely is he's he's got a lot of like good features about him you know handsome handsome young fellow i did i did agree with you with uh Hamilton. he's he's always had a very big statement for fashion but you know that's i mean that's Personally, what he does on the side, he does he does a lot of work for these these fashion agencies or you know different types of uh, people that make clothing. Like I forgot who it was, but I know he worked specifically. Oh, with Virgil Abloh, a lot of the different things that were from Drive to Survive were were, were pretty over you know. And they, and that's part of like what they have to do. I feel like with Netflix, you know, because otherwise it wouldn't be appealing. You know, they're trying to do the same thing with golf. I think it's called like Full Swing or something like that, but it's it's definitely, you know, it's from the same people who made Drive to Survive. I think this year for Drive to Survive was a little bit, if I was to rate it out of 10, I would probably say if we're talking about all of the content and we're not talking about the racing, like if we're talking about storylines, if we're talking about storylines and we're talking about how they presented everything, if we're not talking about it from a F1 purist perspective, I would probably have to rate it maybe about a 6 out of 10 and I think that's fair as somebody who's this this was designed for people who are not into the sport and they're trying to gain momentum mainly within America and also other countries
1: Man America shows out though for F1 It does
0: reasons. as of as of recently they are really really showing out Miami looked like it was pop I went to the launch in Vegas, and that was one of the coolest things I've ever been to. It was, I could tell I got this sense of, like, money. And if you had, if you didn't have money, it was like money talks. You know, you can, the the whole event was free, and you could walk around. But, like, they they didn't release tickets until, like, I think it was pre-sale tickets for, like, a day or two before and then I think on on sale for the general public was that night of the event. They had a whole shebang of people there. It was like the killers. They had, uh, you know, Crofty from F one. Uh, they had Naomi Schiff was there. She was one of the presenters that as well. Sounds amazing. It was. It was. It was actually really cool. I'll post some pictures of it on the the social media. But yeah, so Drive to Survive was uh, pretty good this season, but it was definitely it was to me it was lacking a few things that I wish they like I wish they would have went into Vettel's retirement from last year. Yeah, I was was
1: not a fan of that. I wanted to hear about that.
0: uh, Yeah, and, and you know Aston Martin they did their whole documentary about that as well, but i definitely wanted to um see a little bit more behind the scenes and kind of like talk with him uh or not i did i didn't want to talk <laughs> with him i mean i would love to talk with sebastian vettel but i know uh i wish that they would have had him talk with them a little bit and kind of go through his whole life and, and I his think legacy
1: a very well getting fernando to replace him
0: he did an absolutely stellar job in the first race of the season but we yes. can get more onto that in our next segment
1: so before we move on from drive to survive there's a couple things that i wanted to actually Talk about in there, like yeah, I yeah. was poking fun about it earlier, and I agree with you on the six for ten. I would put it at a seven, but that's just me. But mm-hmm. the things that I viewed in on the most was that Ferrari could have won the like, oh, the championship, god. but their Absolutely. pit strategies were awful. They were god awful. It was just like they had it and they just threw it away.
0: They did. I I one hundred percent agree.
1: I I couldn't understand why they did some of the. The pit strategies that they did. It was just not even an avid watcher. It's just like, why would you, why would you do that? I mean, I'm sure they had a reason to do it. Maybe Red Bull just outsmarted them it was definitely like head scratching for me
0: i can i can definitely agree with that there were there were many times because i i remember watching a few of those races uh one of them was monaco when they were bringing signs in and and they were trying to get like an undercut on red bull charles was going to go out he was going to keep going and then at the very last second they told him to come in and they're all they're all wait no 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 in 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 on the radio. And he was like, what the F He's is like, going what on? What are we doing?" Yeah. And, you know, there was also questionable pit calls, uh, like for example, in Brazil, when they kept them out in, in the intermediate tires, which is like, I believe it's between the hards and the rain tires, the wet tires that they have. It wasn't even pouring rain. It was like drizzling. And, um, but it, but they kept them out on the intermediates and everyone else was going out on slicks and it was crazy. Like he was like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I mean, they
1: almost lost to Mercedes at the end of the year. They could have had the whole thing. I agree with that. Another, like, a sleeper team for me that I like was Alpine and uh, Haas, Haas Racing. I really liked Kevin Magnussen. Oh, yeah, Kevin. I, I, I really love his driving style. Like, he's aggressive like maybe he doesn't perform that well and that could be on the car as well as the driver but I really like the way he just got in there at the beginning of the season off of the whole situation and just did the best he could it was really amazing to watch
0: yeah he took a he took a year off to go to IndyCar and he didn't I I believe he was actually getting ready to go to IndyCar if I'm not mistaken and he uh, got the call last minute because of the whole Nikita Mazepin thing and I remember watching that very first opening race and I was like oh my gosh like who are they going to get for him to uh to race and they they called up Kevin and he got the call and definitely just did an absolutely superb job I couldn't believe it I was on the edge of my seat like no way no flipping way this was insane like he came he took a year off of racing and came back and scored what it was seventh I believe it was yeah. seventh, yeah, it was and seven. and he blew my mind. And then when he got his pole position for the sprint race in Brazil of last year, that was that was an absolute killer moment. Um, I wish they would have highlighted on that a little bit more, but instead they decided to focus on something else. And they they barely even talked about George's win in Brazil I too. Know. I was kind of yeah, just- sad.
1: It was like, there's flashed, flashed by but there was, there was so much information to give on just 10 episodes though, to be fair. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, especially with an hour, with an hour runtime, you know, there's a lot to unpack in there and I, I'm sure that you can't go through everything all within an hour, but that's, that's totally understandable, but I, I definitely see what you're, what you're saying about it. Uh, Kevin, Kevin hopefully looks pretty good this year. You know, they, they almost finished in the points in Bahrain but you know, that's, that's okay. You know, there's 22 more races of the season left to go. We got Jeddah next week and we've got Australia the week after. So, oh no, it's, it's two weeks after uh, the 19th. I think we're going in two week increments again, cause we're going, uh, it's like two and then three weeks. And then we've got, we got Baku in April, the end of April. And then we've got, we got the Miami grand prix <laughs> we should go to in the that. beginning i i've i'm desperately trying to see if we can go but you know formula one if you want to sponsor us to come out there and do a uh a podcast that would be awesome yes. uh definitely looking to see about the f1 in las vegas one i am excited for and also circuit of the americas because i am dying to go to coda that is one place i've always wanted to go see
1: that would be cool have you ever been to the the vegas one
0: I, I i mean i've been to vegas so i know exactly where the track is going to be because uh, it's not fully built it is uh it looks like it's going to be exciting whenever it gets all done a few months ago when they first started doing the the building of breaking ground i was able to drive past it and see it it was really cool That's awesome uh there was it was just a bunch of dirt that they were moving around how close is that to the nascar track there the las vegas motor Speedway. Yeah, I think it's uh, probably about 20 20 minutes. And that's probably about it for uh, Drive to Survive. Overall, not too bad. Could be better. You win some and you lose some. All right, let's go ahead and talk about McLaren and Alpine. (music) On one side of the coin, you've got Alpine. You know, they've got Pierre Gasly. They've got Esteban Ocon. You know, they're doing really good. And on the other side of the coin, you've got McLaren with Lando Norris and the what could have been Alpine driver, Oscar Piastri. It's To be quite fair, it's been pretty miserable for McLaren, to say the least. Lando looks like an absolute dread just going around there like he it doesn't seem like he doesn't have the drive, the passion, you know, like he, he did like a couple years ago when they were on their way up. But he's struggling. He's struggling. And I think it's not his fault. I think it's the car and what McLaren's. Yeah. What do you think?
1: I, I just think McLaren, it can't be solely blamed on the drivers like they don't have the drive because the team isn't having fun. And their management isn't like where it needs to be is what I've thought about it.
0: Like when you say like management, are you talking like, you know, we're talking like Zach Brown or are we talking like somebody else, you know, like why specifically? It's just,
1: um, I guess it kind of goes back to drive to survive. It was like a trend at the ending of that, like losing to Alpine in at the end of the year and just like also stealing their driver, and then it's not really working out. They just, they brought it on themselves. And then with the lawsuit almost happening, seems like they're not making the best decisions. And who knows how far that goes.
0: No, I, I definitely agree. You know, that he plays hardball a lot. And yes. I that's something I noticed with Zach is is he plays hardball because he's he's a businessman. He likes to he likes to have the up the upper hand on most people, which is it's not a bad way to do business, no. but it's almost it's almost like Lawrence Stroll vibes. You know, Lawrence Stroll is that businessman who's all strictly business, you know. He doesn't want to be bothered by other little insignificant needs, but he definitely has this he is a people person. And that's I think can be somewhat detrimental. Right. Uh, you, you care about your public image and it's more of a more of a brand than it is a a car company or like a, a racing company that's focused solely on the racing. I mean, but, no,
1: I get that. You have to be cutthroat in this business. And it's like Absolutely. Because if if you're not, somebody else is going to and then they're gonna get the upper hand on you. Sometimes just decisions don't work out. And that's how business
0: goes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's, there's so many ways that these people can be, you know, cutthroat. In just different ways, like, you know, the whole Piastri thing. Going back to Oscar, you know, how he... See, when I first found out about the news, I was actually watching it as it happened, where I heard about it from, you know, like, people like Will Buxton and, and all the big, like, F1 media pundits. They basically talked about it, like, oh, well, they just signed this person, promoted this person, and this person hasn't had a contract. So, Which in I the meantime... Was-
1: kind of crazy.
0: Yeah. And it, it was crazy. Like we, I, cause I remember watching it and I was like, this is weird. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure why like they're doing this, but
1: why didn't he have a contract? That's my question. Like if you want him to be your reserve driver, why does he not have a contract?
0: I, I, I think there was, I think there could have been mixed signals as far as like, you know, cause they never talked about it to him. They never signed a contract with him. So there was a miscommunication on Alpine's fault for not, you know, communicating with him. And then, you know, his, his manager is uh, Mark Webber. You know, he's a he's a cutthroat Formula One driver mm-hmm. as well. He's very well-respected, but he is just, he likes to fight. And it's, you know, he's he wasn't going to let him have it. So in
1: the end, I think Oscar did the right thing. Yeah. He did what was best for him. And you have to be like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it just, I feel bad for him because, you know, his first race, he, he DNF'd after 15 laps because of an electrical issue, you know, when they, (laughs) they call them into the pits and, and they swapped out the the steering wheel and it, it, I was just waiting for like the old windows 98 logo to come (laughs) on there because they it's, he slapped the, took the other one off, slapped it on there and turned it on. And I, I looked at it and it was like the old McLaren logo, you know? Oh no. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my gosh. So it, and then it just, they were waiting there and it just looked like there was nothing going on. So I was like, Oh, what a terrible first debut, but they say, and this is according to the race. And uh, several other news outlets, you know, they're supposed to have upgrades by the end of April. So by the time that they go to uh, Azerbaijan or Baku on the street circuit, they should have upgrades that are going to hopefully allow them to fight for those midfield spots if they're not currently sucking by, you know... Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, it is. It really is gonna be tough, especially with Aston Martin. Um, you know, and segueing into Alonso in his debut, wow, Which was fantastic. Absolutely, you know, I when I I woke up because FP one is my time. It's like three thirty for Bahrain. I was like, oh, he's in second place. Not bad. And then I went to work, I I saw the, uh, the time, and he was first. And I was like, no way, wow, that's pretty good. And then it was just first all weekend. And then, you know, I was really wanting him to get a pole position for qualifying, but you know, he started, what, fifth? So it wasn't bad at all. He started fifth on the grid, ended up third in a podium spot. Absolutely fantastic drive, made it an incredible pass on Lewis. I don't know if you caught that, but I oh, didn't. God, that was that was such a good move in turn ten in the you very ask backhand. for a better
1: for a better debut. Yes, less winning of
0: course, but yeah. And then and then when they ask him, you know, were you guys expecting this? And he says, at least no. he's honest. <laughs> yeah, at least he was honest about that. Yeah, I'm. I'm, and then. You know, to to kind of tie in, you know, Aston Martin itself with uh, with Stroll, he literally broke his wrists, had surgery, or I, I don't know if it was directly his hands or if it was his wrists, but it was, he basically had surgery on his wrists or his hands, goes into racing two weeks later after this, and ends up in a points. Seventh. I think he ended up seventh. Yes, it was seventh. No, he was sixth. I'm sorry, not sixth. He was seventh. Uh George was seventh. Lance was sixth. But yeah. So Aston Martin made an absolutely killer debut with their first uh race of the season. Definitely in a good spot for the, the points. Mercedes definitely needs help. There's there really is no way other no other way to put it.
1: I don't even know how they did so good last year with the car that they had.
0: I mean they, they did pretty average. Like, I'm not saying, like, a a bad average, but I'm saying, like, they did a really good average. Like, they they were up in, oh, yeah, it was a new concept. Everybody was excited to see it. And then it was pretty, pretty astonishing when everybody, uh, everybody saw it. And then they were like, yeah. This is not really that good. You know, that's, I guess that's what happens when you try new concepts and you, and you learn more about throwing this year away. Yeah. It's, it's, that's basically what it seems like because they, they even put out a press statement. Like we're not, they wrote a letter basically just kind of telling everybody, you know, like it, it sucks. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> <laughs> definitely hey, one sucks. Of the, it really does like you know they were they were pretty much sad they're not making any you know knee-jerk reactions they're not going to throw the whole car away after they just debuted it and made the whole changes but it's it's awesome though to see that they're they're at least being honest about it now we just got to see results now as you soon know, as that
1: thing gets dialed in they got the right drivers to be able to just
0: they they do George is a fantastic driver, he's proved it and even, you know, Lewis, you know, the seven-time world champion. He's definitely got probably a few more years left in him that he can he could do it. I don't see him staying longer though than when he gets if and when he gets his eighth.
1: Think he's going to get his eighth?
0: I I would like to see him get his eighth cuz you know, as you know, Michael Schumacher was I <laughs> This this is going to sound very, very stereotypical. I've always loved the era of like, you know, with Mika Hakkinen and, you know, all the old vintage drivers, the early 2000s, the 90s. And it's just insane to know that Michael has seven titles. Lewis has seven titles. Lewis is, you know, he's still in great condition for what he's doing. But I, I think it's going to be a matter of the right car and the right, you know, the right sauce, the ingredients that they got. It's it's just going to be a, a mixture of things that they need to get it right. And then he can get his eighth. And then I'm sure that if as soon as he gets his eighth, then he'll he'll be done. I don't think he wants to do that anymore. Now that he would be, he would legally be considered the greatest of all time. Legally. Having the most. <laughs> I've, I mean, eight ti- he would have eight titles, and that means he's he's got the most titles in Formula One history. Do you think that's why um, he's staying? I, I definitely think I, so.
1: I think he still loves the sport. Obviously, you have uh, to in order to stay this long. But I oh, yeah, think as soon absolutely. as he gets it, he's just dipped. He's like, yep, out.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it would just be a matter of, uh, you know, figuring out if he's going to make it to that eighth title and he could work on getting it out. And they're yeah. getting it out there to where he can basically secure that legacy for himself. Which would be fantastic uh, we'll
1: for him. Michael Schumacher, his son Mick, didn't do so hot. Mm-mm. Doesn't even have a seat.
0: No, he's he's got the reserve seat for both McLaren and Mercedes. Uh, ma- mainly he's doing a Mercedes reserve driver, but he does some simulator testing for McLaren. Hopefully that will help them or it could hinder them. It just depends on what, what's going on. In in a more roundabout way, it just kind of varies. He didn't. He definitely didn't do so good in his his Formula One debut. Yeah, and I think that just kind of comes with confidence. It comes with a confidence issue. Yeah, yeah. and
1: a lot of pressure too, especially with the name. Oh
0: God, yes. The name the name definitely carries some weight. I know they always say like you know it shouldn't, but. At, you know the shoe mark definitely name does like, no matter what, oh yeah,' because you' got big shoes to fill, you got really big shoes to fill, but
1: he's at least he's still involved, he's still around the sport, he's inclined to do better, and that's all you can really ask for if you're hungry, you're driven, and you know you have it, then it's only a matter of time, like he'll get back
0: he'll definitely he definitely will and i I would love to see him back we would we we all would yes. love to see him back. Yes. It's just we want to see him back on a better note than what he currently is because you know the, his last season was not great
1: i think probably in his head he's thinking he has a lot to prove especially just because of his last name i mean he does he has a lot to prove but he he's going to do it he's in the right it'll, he's in the right it'll side. happen
0: it'll happen why don't we go ahead and shift gears here for a moment all right so let's get into our predictions for the rest of the season the Bahrain Grand Prix and what we know so far to be honest with you I'm starting from, from this point forward, we're going to give three predictions or top three predictions for the season. Uh, they could be, you know, about drivers or constructors, however we want to do it. Uh, but they just have to be predictions for the 2023 season. Okay. What do you think about that? Yeah. I
1: mean, I think that sounds good. I have the odds of the championship race, according to Vegas, VegasInsider.com. Sure. What do you think is the top five that is going to win the championship that they have on here?
0: So I would, I would probably say top five will be based off of the first race of the season would be Max Verstappen would be number one. Yep, he's number one at negative 200. Uh, uh, Number two would be Sergio Perez. He is number five, actually. Wow, number five. Okay. Yeah, at plus 1600. So Charles, so it's uh, Max. But Max was number one according to Vegas. Uh, what is it? Vegasinsider.com?
1: Yep, Vegas Insider. No cheating. You can't look it up.
0: No, no I'm not. <laughs> I'm not looking it up right now Um, as you hear the indiscriminate typing on my keyboard. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Max is number one. We've got Charles for two. Charles is number four.
1: T- Charles is in the top five. Yes.
0: Okay. So, so who's number five. Who's
1: number two? Number three.
0: Okay. So then number two has to be Alonzo. Yeah. Number
1: two is Alonzo.
0: Okay. So Max, Max Alonzo, and then uh, Perez was five. Yes. So that must mean that ooh, is four. I'm probably gonna say ooh, Carlos signs is gonna be three
1: wrong. So the top 5 is from uh going 5 and up. So Sergio Perez, Charles Leclerc. Okay. Number 3 is Lewis Hamilton. Oh, Two, dang it. Fernando Alonso and number 1 is Max
0: Verstappen. See, I wanted to say Lewis, but I felt like Lewis was, you know, I don't know, like I just felt like he was not he was not in it. And
1: uh, rounding out right outside the top 5 would be George Russell number 6 at plus 3300. Uh Charles And Lewis have plus 1,200. Uh, Fernando Alonso is plus 1,000. And Max is the favorite at negative 200.
0: Jeez. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty good. Well, let's let's hope Alonso takes that seat at number one and he wins it. I would love to see him win another World Drivers Championship. That would be amazing.
1: Just with the moves he's made in the last year to be able to be in this position. He needs it. Yeah, he really has a good, good spot to be able to do it. You just got to be Max. Max, he's killing it right now. You want to do the odds for the Saudi? Yeah,
0: let's go ahead and hear the odds Odds for that. Uh, is this also brought to us by VegasInsider.com? Oh, yeah, this is
1: VegasInsider.com, the top five to win the race. Carlos Sainz at five. Charles Leclerc at four. Fernando Alonso at three. Sergio Perez at two. And max again max is seven. at one yep so <laughs>
0: but <laughs> we got red bull red bull yeah aston martin and both uh ferraris, ferraris at the bottom yeah yeah that's crazy good i i mean charles has had really good luck at Jeddah, and it just sucks because he's he's such a fierce competitor with with max and i love seeing them go head to head but i i just you know Jeddah is such a fast track they really need to be careful with. Do you want
1: to take a stab at who's the least likely to win at plus two hundred and fifty thousand?
0: <laughs> I'm gonna guess that is going to be Logan Sargent no no it's Yuki Oh <laughs> yeah he doesn't have good luck no he he's he did terrible there last year. So why don't we why don't we get into our predictions real quick before we close out this podcast I'll go ahead and share my top three predictions and then you can we can compare okay uh, as we do it uh so for uh, my first prediction I went with Logan will score Logan Sargent will score points in at least five races. This year for Williams, I think
1: Pierre Gasly. Pierre Gasly is going to score ten. Ten
0: races. Yep. Okay, I'll make that ten too. I'll I'll uh I'll call that. So so I'll say you know Logan Sargent will definitely call, uh score points in at least ten of his races. That's a pretty far prediction for. Williams but you know considering the fact that Alex scored points on his first first race I mean it was just one point but it was still you know Logan was literally two two places right behind him in 12th definitely got something going on there You go ahead and share your second prediction my and second I'll, prediction I'll... McLaren yep.
1: isn't gonna finish the season you know, I'm going to say they're not going to go past fifth. Like, they're going to probably end up in fifth again. Fifth or lower.
0: That sounds pretty reasonable. But it's, I mean, it's it's definitely not like a hot take. But it's it's definitely one of those that, that could be spicy. A little spicy.
1: I mean, with Oscar um, and then, well, they got Lando.
0: Yeah, they got Lando.
1: I, I think it'll be something to watch.
0: Yeah. I, see, see, with my my second prediction, I went with uh, Haas. Kevin and, and Nico are, are definitely going to come together, you know, clash at least once or twice during the season. And considering, I I know that they said in a previous pod or not podcast, but an interview, I believe it was actually at the uh, press conference in Bahrain. They talked about it, you know, they had uh, beef and stuff like that together, but they uh, ended up, you know, solving that out and stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, Kevin's a good guy, but I I mean, I know he can get Mm hotheaded. So, I mean, I don't know. I think that at one point in time, they're going to come together during the season and it's gonna, you know, mess everything up. That's a up. good one. I like that. My number three prediction is Charles will not get the World Drivers Championship this year. As much as he will try to fight for it, he will not get it. Red Bull look way too dominant this year. And as much as I love Ferrari and I really want them to win and win that, especially for Charles to win that world, the first World Drivers Championship for him. I really think that the Red Bull dominance is just the beginning this year that we're going to see, especially considering that he DNF'd. I
1: I would agree with you on that. I like that one too. Um, Yeah, I don't even know what I could do to top that really. I mean, that's a pretty good one. Oscar is going to score on at least three races this year. I think he's going to get it together by the end of the year and be able to pull something together for McLaren.
0: Oh, absolutely. And score some points. I think he definitely will. I hope that he does. He's a really good young talent. Yeah, there's too much talent there to not. I definitely agree. I think it's just a matter of time before we see him, you know, absolutely start to shine. I just hope he, do- I hope McLaren does him good. And, but I hope that Lando, you know, doesn't take offense to it. I, I know Lando's like basically the number one driver there. So I don't think he has anything to worry about, but unless his performance starts dropping off and he gets bummed out that they're not really working out for Things for him, but only time will tell, man. Only time will tell. I
1: think he should just be happy that he's able to have such a talented teammate, really. I mean, Oscar has a lot of talent. It's just he is now in this leadership role, Lando is, and to be able to at least teach Oscar what to do in certain situations.
0: Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree with that. And we've got 22 more races to go to see this, see how everything pans out for... McLaren and Aston Martin, Mercedes. We'll see how everybody does. But in the meantime, uh, that is it for this week's podcast. Uh, We will see you next week in Jeddah when Saudi Arabia happens. And it's also my birthday weekend. So I'll be celebrating and hopefully having a good time uh, while watching some Formula One. In that case, we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Peace. Peace.